Hello and welcome to the Dinosaur Man podcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here, as ever, with Alex Hudson. What are you watching? <laughs> From Resident Evil 4. <laughs> good, good work. Thank welcome you. to the episode this week brought to you in zombie video. <laughs> I gotta stop changing my backgrounds mid-episode. But I'll never look. I'll never stop doing it as long as it gets that sweet, sweet reaction. Did you do it when I'm like mid-flowing sentence? So it, I today, know there's a reason why I do it then. It's funny. Today you are in Raccoon City by the looks of things. Is it backwards for you or not? No, no, it's forwards for me. Oh right. I guess I'm the idiot. Um so your background today says welcome to Raccoon City. Enjoy your stay, home of Umbrella. Rihanna did good out of it, you know? Question. I saw a similar question online, right? Mm. Um, about Gotham City. If different, rent, different thing. If rent price was £200 a month, mm. would you live in Raccoon City? <laughs> well, so the interesting thing... Oh, this whole episode about said, Resident Evil, so I, yeah. feel free to talk. I said quick episode, and I don't know if I can make that happen if I do this. Go for, go for it. Okay, so the thing is, Raccoon City reminds me a little bit of Houston, mm-hmm. in that Houston's um, population, uh, certainly in the 1960s, was largely um, NASA employees and their families, right? Mm-hmm. And I think kind of what's interesting is that Raccoon City is a city that's sort of built around Umbrella as a corporation, as an employer, sort of, you know, uh, you you tend to get it. It's, you know, small town America, you do sometimes get this where certain companies, I I know there's places in sort of, look, I'm boring. I'm I'm a boring fuck. I get it. No, I think you're right. Like, especially in like, so, so, so I don't, talk, but this is the thing. I don't think there's that many rental properties because I think they just build the amount of houses that they need for the employees in that yeah. area. It kind of feels like Raccoon City didn't exist before Umbrella. Probably right. So today we're going to talk about the movies for uh, Resident Evil. We're mm-hmm. also going to talk about the new series that came to Netflix. Not seen a single episode, by the way. You said you were going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, yeah, but I I said you're gonna have to watch all of the Resident Evil movies, and then you were like, "Oh, I'm moving house or something." I, was like, oh. <laughs> I don't think that's a good enough excuse. Look, a property came from Raccoon City, and I needed to buy two hundred dollars a month. <laughs> I'm actually renting from Mister X. Good, he's, he's from good the game reference. Yet? Good reference. Yeah, uh, Resident <laughs> Evil Two. I'm renting from um, uh, what's Mister Nem. E sis. Okay. He he puts his gender at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to tell you that wasn't worth it, but it is actually worth it now. But um, should we move on? Because I thought the, you were hitting the, you hit a home run with Mr. X, and then I thought you'd lost it with Nemesis. I thought you'd lost it, but you fucking hit that foul ball. The reason I said this is because in the series... It is very much exactly what you're saying, which is Umbrella, it's not the original Raccoon City because that was nuked. Um, Mm. And New Raccoon City is this place where it is basically just an Umbrella factory and all of these kind of things built around it. But also, similarly, in Welcome, Welcome to Raccoon City, the Resident Evil film, that is also a place where it's this town that has fallen to 
disrepair because it was built for Umbrella and mm. Umbrella have let it just kind of fall apart. Yes. So you, there is actually something in that of like... Um, I think you'll find that um, Resident Evil is kind of like the smartest critique of American consumerism <laughs> we've ever had. Well, well, okay, so let's talk about this. So Resident Evil, what your... We your... don't have to. We could just end the episode. This is enough. <laughs> we, they we would like it. the fact that this is what we put out. Eight minutes. <laughs> so... Your history of Resident Evil, I think, is probably more thorough than mine. Um, I although basically... nowhere near as thorough as a lot of the fucking dweebs on the internet, I can tell you that. Oh no, somebody will be, I've done. Somebody will be angry with us. Um, so my history of Resident Evil was: I watched my brother play the first two games. Mm-hmm. Too scary for you. I watched you play the fourth one recently. Quite a lot, yeah. I speedrunner, massive speedrunner, cool. I've guy. seen a little bit of the seventh one when you played that. Bad it gave game, me a headache. Like, yeah, gave me a headache as well. And then I've heard about some of the other stuff, and I've watched all of the films. You know that you've heard and uh, one hang TV. On. Have series. you seen all of the films? Yeah, I hadn't seen all of the films until this week. I watched the last one when it came out in the cinemas. Me and Anthony went to watch it. Together, okay, and it was a ride. Can I tell you? This is the so I've I found out that. During the course of my life, I have watched Resident Evil 2002. Yep. I watched um, Resident Evil hmm, hmm, Retribution. I don't know any of the subtitles. Yes, I watched Resident Evil Retribution. I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Yeah. There are... So I have seen, in the Paul W.S. Anderson continuity... I, I had seen originally the first and the fifth and nothing mm. in between or after. <laughs> it was an absolutely wild ride going back and watching all of these. So because, you watched all of them in what period of time? Like, I don't know, the last four weeks, I guess. Yeah. None of it makes sense. No. It's like they they do contradict themselves, and I've got a few yes. plot holes from the last one because that's probably the most egregious of the ones. My favourite thing about the films mm-hmm. is... None of them start where the last one ended. Like they all just forget what's happened in the past. Yes. Like my favorite one is the one going into the last one where it's like, oh, we're all stood on the White House going. Uh, yes, we're going to have to have a battle against the forces of evil at the White House. And then it opens. It's like, well, that battle's over. It's like everyone um, goes dead. <laughs> yeah, the only survivor is Alice. Okay, cool. Um, Although the novelization goes into, oh, God. <laughs> Let's, I didn't even know there was a novelization. So game wise, like you were a huge fan of Resident Evil Four, I know. I played Resident Evil Four quite a lot. I've, I'm one of the world's top speedrunners, of course. Um, not money in no no money in speedrunning. Did I tell you? Right. So this is completely separate to this conversation, but it's been brought up, so I'm going to mention it. So you know, I've been watching a lot of speedrunning lately. Like, mm-hmm. I've really got into just watching people speedrun. Yes, I, I'm aware that you're some kind of weird speed freak now. <laughs> i got to go fast. Mm-hmm. I looked up the other day how fast people have run Yakuza 0. A game that has taken you until, I mean, you still haven't completed a game, it. A game which... No, 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 you haven't 100%ed it. No, but to speedrun the, the story campaign, mm-hmm. how fast? And basically, there's one score, one person on there who's done it in three hours and 39 minutes. Okay, and you like took approximately nine 50 months. hours. But, importantly, mm-hmm. there is no second place. So, 
So as your as, your your speed run as long of, as I can complete like sixty zero, hours in one sitting and record it, I could be the second place and it will go three hours thirty nine, fifty hours. <laughs> okay. I will be on the leaderboard. So you need like a little piss pot for you to yeah, to weed into. Well, okay. Well, don't you know? Don't tell people that they can't dream, guys, because this is what happens when they can. Um, Beautiful so, things happen. Uh, yeah, so I played a lot of... Um, my first real introduction to it was um, the GameCube remake of Resident Evil. Because mm-hmm. um, I was a Nintendo boy, of yeah. course. Um, and then played Resident Evil, Resident Evil Zero. Uh, and then basically took a break until Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. Because they never did a remake of Resident Evil 2 or 3 or, uh, you know, Nemesis and things like that. Like, none of it was on... On GameCube, and then took a big break again from four until seven. Didn't like seven. <laughs> Got horny for eight, obviously. Um, <laughs> and then, kind of once I once I came, um, I kind of I turned the trailer off, and I was like, I don't think I need to play that don't game. Need the game now. Although I hear that the merchant is back, but he's now called the Duke, but it's the same character canonically. I don't mm-hmm. know. I know that apparently um, there is a giant scary baby in it that chases you. It's a kind of so Resident Evil is um, as a game mm-hmm. is kind of like it's cheap entertainment schlock basically. Yeah. It's not Silent Hill mm-hmm. because I think the first couple of Silent Hill games, not all of them, because they got very silly. But the first couple of Silent Hill games are sort of really exploring sort of the human psyche and everything, and and sort of terror from from the yeah from the mind. This is, I mean, Resident Evil is very much terror from a uh, base level of. Wouldn't what it be scary it? if a giant bat followed you around? Yeah, it fucking would. Of course, it's what I call Hollywood horror, where it's very kind of in your face, kind of mm-hmm. you know. At the end of the, each game, it ends up in a lab. And there's something that deforms into a giant mutant creature, and you shoot grenades at it until it dies. That's Resident Evil, mm-hmm. but it's very much okay with that, and as long as you're okay with that. And I think that's what they tried to harness for the Resident Evil movies, but I don't think it works because at the same time, it just didn't seem like a it didn't seem good like movie. Was, well, it didn't seem like it was Resident Evil. Like it didn't seem like it was the first one has elements of you know there are parts that, and it also has you know mm. one of the best moments in any Resident Evil film. Does it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's the best of the it's the best of the W.S. and the laser hallway. Oh, okay, Is which then far. obviously went into um, Resident Evil Four. Yes. So. You know, the films do influence the games. Continuity. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the fact that clearly from, from the standpoint of, um, look, we're all disappointed I haven't watched the series. <laughs> We've been re-watching Seinfeld, if you must know. <laughs> <laughs> really? Paul hasn't seen Seinfeld. I have. I'm re-watching it. Paul's seeing it for the first time. He can't believe that the stakes are as low as they are in in Seinfeld, but <laughs> it really is as simple as man. I managed you to know. get a whole Resident Evil series in and watch all of my speedruns. Well, look, I, I would have watched it, but the way that you were talking about it, I was just like, I don't want to watch this because I just you're my drink. 
spoiler alert for the rest of this episode and potentially news and reviews next week, but I think if we cover it this week, we probably yeah. don't need to talk about it next week. There's going to be too much on. We know San Diego Comic-Con. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, the way you've been talking about it makes it sound like it's probably one of the worst TV shows of all time. And then by the end of it, you said, I think it's Stockholm Syndrome, but it's not that bad. <laughs> no, genuinely, I believe that's true. It's dumb. So is it bad? I think so but also like i think i kind of just got on board with it by the end and i was so like okay, is, this is, this, is fine. is this the root cause is the issue is resident evil as a franchise as a property is not fundamentally that interesting so, to transpo- transpose into another format does it only thing- work within a game because it gives you that feeling of being in a movie that's better than any of the movies you could possibly think to make out of it because you're never going to be able to recapture that excitement. So what I find interesting is this, and I'm allowed to talk spoilers for the series, like... Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I mean... I know it's out recently, but... Fine, I'll put spoiler... I'll put spoiler in the fucking... Put spoiler porg. (laughs) Okay. Oh, wait, hang on. No, new character, remember. (laughs) Arr, here there be spoilers. (laughs) <laughs> um, okay, so, I'm very excited about the fact that I'm in Fisherman's Friends 2, by the way. <laughs> There'll be some light, I'm going to say light spoilers, but prob- yeah. probably proper spoilers for the series if you are going to watch it. So, the interesting thing about the series was I found it was very much a case of it is pandering to the people who love Resident Evil. Mm. But the people who love Resident Evil hate this series. Yeah. So, for example, like everything that was happening, I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I know that's from the game. Like, I messaged you at one point being like, there's a giant alligator. Mm. I'm going to assume that's from the game. I remember you fighting some giant fish thing in Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh, is it this? And sent me back a picture. And I was like, yeah, close enough. Mm-hmm. And then I Googled it and there's a giant alligator. But like the reason I started noticing this properly was in um, episode like 4 or 5, mm-hmm. um, Jade ends up in, who's one of our lead characters, ends up in a facility, like gets kidnapped by a load of um, French guys, who, one of which has a sack over his head and a chainsaw. Mm. And I'm like, that is definitely from the game. I've seen that guy. Mm. Like, he's Resident Evil 4, isn't he? Sackhead? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're Spanish in the game, aren't they? Yeah. And what's weird is they're French in this and they're mm. in a German facility. So I'm like, I'm sure that all means something. But, you know, stuff like... Um, it was a German co-production, right? Or is that the... F- I don't oh, know. no, no. Welcome to Raccoon City was. But um, but then you've got, like, stuff about Raccoon City being nuked. You've got Albert Wesker in there. You know, there are clones in here. Um, and all that kind of story. And that's the thing. that and Resident Evil has this really weird convoluted storyline for something that is basically just... Big corporation, bad, made virus, will kill everyone. Mm-hmm. And it has this really weird kind of thing of Umbrella also has all these other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, so I was watching it going, oh, if I was a fan, like a proper fan of these games, I would probably get more out of this. And then I looked at the reviews online and people hate it mm. because it's apparently like, oh, you've put teen drama in our resident. He was like, and I, I do oh, think. Oh no, they've made Resident Evil Riverdale. <laughs> and I get that, and but I do think like part of the storyline is kind of interesting. There is something there, but I, I don't know. Like, you've definitely changed your tune since the first time you spoke. I about do think this. right. 
so the message I sent you mm. when they said, I think I hate all these characters, that hatred lasted half the series. But I think by that point I went, well, I'm going to have to like them because I'm going to finish this series. So I'm going to have to at least engage with them. My message that said, this series is a bunch of the dumbest people making the dumbest decisions and then being surprised by the consequences. Mm. That does last for the entire series because they make some absolutely ridiculous decisions. Mm. And then go, oh, I'm surprised that happened. It's like, well, of course it happened. Like, there's only one way this could go. Sounds like um, it's actually a pretty good reflection of our current political <laughs> climate. Pretty much like, the, and the thing is, like, your lead character is making some of the dumbest decisions, and you're supposed to care about her getting back to her daughter or whatever. Um, what I did enjoy though is um, the bit I mean, to Dua Lipa's song. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Like, fair, I mean, out of context, that is out of nonsense. Context, it's terrible. In context, it kind of makes sense, like to show some to show the kind of control aspect. It's just the fact that it's a dance routine to do a leaper that, like, it's almost as well as doing tongue in cheek. I'd be like, "Hey, look, this is a modern song," and by that point, surely that's not a modern song anymore. Because we're in what, 2037 yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the point is. It's the same way that we think about ozone. <laughs> the thing I did like about mm-hmm. this, and this is probably the, the bigger spoiler of it all, is this is the second Resident Evil project in a row that ends with a reference to a future Ada Wong for a franchise that will not continue. Mm hmm. <laughs> Because this and Welcome to Raccoon City both end with that, hey, go see Ada Wong, or hi, mm. I'm Ada Wong. And it's like, yeah, but this is never happening, is it? Mm. We're not getting Welcome to Raccoon City 2, or... Are you sure we're not getting Resident Evil Netflix style 2? Maybe, maybe. Because it was it was top of the streaming charts for a week. I think it was massively... <laughs> and now it's third. Like, if you look on INDB, the rating's like 3.6 or something. And it's because people who are upset that their franchise so do I really want to go down this rabbit hole? Probably not. <laughs> so, Remember, quick episode, quick episode today, quick episode. Last few things that have been review bombed. Okay, here we go. Right. Let's we get we are getting into the rabbit hole. Think about um Ms. Marvel. Which mm. was review bombed. And why that happened. And it's because of a bunch of insecure white boys upset that there is a brown superhero. Mm. And much like that, Albert Wesker being played by Lance Reddick, who is a black actor. Oh, is that what's got people upset? I think so. Like, okay. It's the only thing I can assume because these people... I'm going to tell you this now. He's played by two different white guys in the uh, Paul W.S. Anderson <laughs> movies, and they both suck. And like, the, 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 the problem is, like, I saw people being like, oh, this is like woke politics into my... Since when did woke? Oh my since god! When was woke being woke a bad thing. <laughs> Sorry. Like, oh god, we don't have time for this concept. Uh, it's too yeah. big. And the thing is, like, so before I even started watching this series, before it even came out, its reviews on there were in the in the gutter, and there were already articles like, "Oh, it's worst reviewed series on Netflix history." But actually. I believe if half those Resident Evil fans actually gave this a go, they would probably enjoy it because mm. it is them going, hey, look, here are things that you would recognise. And me as a layman was like, 
I think that's a reference. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much I really enjoy this, and there's, they keep introducing characters who are worse than the characters I already know. Mm. But I'm going to carry on watching, because I promised Alex I would. <laughs> okay. I mean, I said you could stop at any time. <laughs> yeah, but I kind of, by the end of it, I wanted to see where it ended. I'll be honest, the second to last episode, I watched while playing Football Manager, and I took in, like, 50% of the information, because I was like, I, like, this is a bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> You don't get that kind of commitment from me, guys. I'll be 100% committed to football manager. But I did watch the finale, and I paid mm. attention to that. And the finale so, is weird, because, okay. because it seemed like they had no idea what... The, the last two episodes... Well, they knew they had to get to Wong, but they didn't know how. Yeah. A bit like in Doctor Strange. <laughs> okay, good joke. Everyone loved it. So, my question to you is this, right? Now, having seen both the film series and the TV Mm -hmm. series now, do you think that a TV series is a better way to go with it because you're able to hold a narrative thread a little easier than you are if you're making films that are two, three years apart? Um, Yes, I think so. I I mean, can I ask this? At the end of each scene, does it then pick up from a new place (laughs) in a new scene that completely ignores what happened at the end of the previous scene? The whole series is over two different timelines. Yes, I've heard this. And that could be annoying at times. Okay. But I kind of understand why they've done it to be like, oh, the past... But everyone's wearing sketches in the olden days, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good, good. Um, Can I ask something? Mm -hmm. What's the year 2037 like? Is it cool? Uh, It's much the same, but lots more zombies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Dua Lipa. And Umbrella are everywhere. Um, yeah, and everyone only listens to Dua Lipa still. Mm. Um, yeah, I think a series is the right way to go because the problem is the law of um, Resident Evil is so expansive, but it gives you chance to do stuff more. But I do kind of wish it was a bit more about the outbreak. Yes. Like, where it is currently, I'm not sure where that comes in. And it being about a new Raccoon City rather than the original Raccoon City. But, you know, this series could progress into something something a bit better, something a bit more. Um, but, yeah, I think you probably... I'd go series. I think you could do a series. Mm. I don't know if this is the right one, but you could do it. Mm. If you're desperate to want to do it. Well... This is this is the thing for me is that I can't quite understand where we're at with Resident Evil now mm-hmm. because I know the latest two games have had well reviewed mm-hmm. uh, releases and seem to be well liked by the fan base but also by critics. And fine, you. not for me, but that's fine. You look not everything it. has to be, <laughs> and I'm not one of these people who's very precious about the things that they. I mean, I'm precious about certain things, but mm-hmm. you know. I'm not precious about Resident Evil. Do what you precious want. Precious about precious. So, I uh, precious based on a novel pushed by Sapphire is one of my favourite films. Of course, of course. Um, <laughs> oh God! Uh, look, <laughs> I'm looking at my list here. Yeah, my list on Letterboxd of I watched all the Resident Evil movies and all I got was this shitty list. <laughs> um, I, I mean, look. For me, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, which came out at the tail end of last year, mm-hmm. is the best of those movies, which like, I which I think is damning. Because it's not a great movie on its own. 
I think don't. it's it's functional, and but, actually, it's the one that feels most like a horror movie. That's important to me. And also, don't forget, I either love that film or I hate it, and I don't know where mm. I stand on it. I, look, it ended up not mid-table, but lower mid-table, upper low table for me. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was like, I don't know, 70 out of 100 or something like I that. Know. I don't know. I maybe really enjoyed it, or I maybe hated it. So the... The thing that worked for me about that was that it at least felt like it was a throwaway horror movie that you mm. might find in a bargain bin or in a sort of obscure video aisle in a blockbuster in 1997, yeah. right? And of course, they reference blockbuster, <laughs> and it is 1997. That's how, that's how you know it's in the 90s. And, and the the thing about it is, is that it kind of it has that tone of a film that you're going. Oh, I know exactly what's going to happen and none of it's going to be done well, mm. but it'll at least be done in a way that makes sense from a form point of view. And like, it did the right thing as well as a movie, I feel, to go, okay, we're going to take Resident Evil 1 and 2 and we're just going to make it into one film because, yes. you know, 2 is basically, like the game of 2 is basically just the timeline of 1 but from a different perspective pretty much in a different place. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the right thing to go, okay, we're going to put those two together and then that's your film. Yeah, and look, neither of the timelines are particularly interesting, but I don't think they were ever supposed to be, so that's okay. Mm. And then Resident Evil 2002 mm-hmm. is the best of the poor W.S. Anderson ones, I yeah, think. because it's almost... It's its own thing. It's not a Resident Evil movie in the slightest. It, mentions, um, it mentions Umbrella a lot. Mm-hmm. But none of it really makes sense in terms of the grand scheme of the universe. But that's fine. If you want to tell... Yeah, a liquor who is, by the way, introduced like 25 minutes into the movie and then isn't really that much of a reveal later on. They, um, in the series, they um, have liquors in there and they actually are really kind of terrifying in the way they're introduced. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's executed that well, but like the idea behind them is really interesting. But like the, the the problem I have is, and I don't know like how much you know about the games, like how much you know about their lore and stuff. I understand what a liquor is. <laughs> it's just like a yeah. I get that they are they have big brains and they mm. have long tongues and they crawl on ceilings. I get that. Yeah, it's like a genetic mutation thing. But why do they exist? Because of monsters. I don't know. Umbrella like to create monsters. Look, the, the the problem is you're speaking to someone who doesn't fundamentally <laughs> care about whatever is happening. Oh, exactly. Just, just no. enjoys what's going on in front of him while he's doing it. But I I found it really challenging to get on because I'd never seen two through four. Yeah. I found it really challenging to understand what world we were living in with those films. Because do you, do you like the one where I think it's two where suddenly they're just in the desert. That's three and they, actually. And they have to crash a plane on top so, of a casino or something. So no no, um oh yeah oh yeah that is uh, okay. Look. Maybe not a casino, maybe it's like a hotel or something. But no, so but it's all desert. So Resident Evil Extinction is the film you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Which is the second best of the Paul W.S. Anderson ones. <laughs> and I tell you for why. Because at least it looks like a film. Mm. It doesn't look like a particularly good film. And it predates Mad Max Fury Road by like 10, 15 years. 
So guess what? <laughs> George Miller, your fucking card is marked. I know you're not original. Um, it kind of feels a bit like, and I mean this in all negative ways, it kind of feels a bit like Army of the Dead <laughs> in that there are some scenes that take place in Vegas and therefore, mm-hmm. you know, makes me remember that piece of shit and how much that sucks. And it turns out that any but zombie also, movie set in that any zombie movie set in that city seems to just be cursed now. But also, if we could call it George Miller, Zack Snyder, we're calling you out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, uh, but that one kind of feels like I, I get what it's going for at least. Although the main protagonist of that film, as far as I remember, is a bunch of crows. Uh, <laughs> like the, the antagonist yeah. in the film is like a bunch of crows who damage some windscreens. Is it number two? That has Nemesis in it. Yeah. And he is the guy from the first one. Yes. Who has been transformed into Nemesis and has like a rocket launcher arm. Mm-hmm. Um, Nemesis is, that... is, yeah, Nemesis is not scary in the movie. No, he looks bad. So what what I found kind of interesting is that as I was watching these, I was kind of like, okay, so the first one did the really clever thing of not really, not having any characters from the original apart from there's sort of there's a hint that Jason Isaacs plays Birkin at mm. the end, but you know it's kind of thrown away very quickly, and then Jason Isaacs never returns, which is fine <laughs> for him. He was too busy making Harry Potter's, and I don't blame him. Um, the the I think so. I think the benefit of that film is that it just goes well. We're just not even going to connect to it. Yeah. The more that Paul W. S. Anderson tries to write in things and elements or characters from the other movies, the more it starts sucking because it feels like it's bending over backwards to sort of point at these things where you're going, yeah, but I don't care about that because this doesn't feel right. You know, it doesn't feel like it's a Jill Valentine. Yeah. It's like, okay, so you've got someone who's, I guess like the same name, but they're doing completely different kind of things and they're behaving in weird ways. And I mean, I would much rather watch six, movies called Resident Evil that have absolutely nothing to do with Resident Evil mm. other than the fact that they keep on saying Umbrella in them. I mean, in the fifth one, which is the only one I'd seen before other than mm. the first one, they introduce the Las Plagas um, who are the ones from Resident Evil 4 mm-hmm. because it's the parasites. It's not a zombie thing. It's a parasitical thing. Yeah. They are blue-faced zombies in <laughs> Russia in this. And I'm just like... And I, I got to the point with it. I was just like, don't even tell me that that's what they're supposed to be. Just say, release the blue-faced Russian zombie soldiers. Um, just say that. Don't say the last Plagas Initiative or whatever. Is that the one where the final confrontation is on a freight ship and Wesker... No, is on that's, there. That's four, okay. but four is the worst of all of them, by Where the way. Where Wesker has um, some dogs on there, and they shatter some glass and kick it through a dog's face. That happens, doesn't it? Yes. And there's a camera shot from the perspective of Wesker's glasses as it throws them. Yes. And you... that entire film is shot in 3D, and mm. it is very noticeable when you watch it in 2D. Four and five were both shot in 3D. And both suck. Um, I think four may be my favourite because of how dumb it is. Like, okay, I so four is my least... No, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Well, no, I probably will. 
uh, when I just need some shock. Tell a lie. Four is my third least favorite. My hey, least favorite that's... is number five, the one that I'd seen before, because I think the issue that I had with that film was, as I was watching it, I remembered getting angry the first time I was watching about, <laughs> about how bad it is. Is that the one? Right, so this episode is now Andy tries to remember Resident Evil films. Is mm. that the one? I can give you the plot synopsis, by they... the way. No, no, I'm going to guess this. Okay. Where it's basically Alice, this created character by Paul W. Mm-hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson? Paul W.S. Anderson. Anderson, not Paul Thomas <laughs> Anderson. Not, not director of Phantom Thread, no. Um, he created... So the, Boogie Nights and then mm, Resident Evil. Mila Jovovich has a career and they create this character that is just a superhuman. She ends up fighting one of the named characters um, mm. and it's through a load of biomes or something like that. And one yes. of them is like a town. Yes, one is suburbia. Yes. Um, one is um, Russia. Mm-hmm. One is, I don't know, Tokyo probably feels like it's in there. New York's yes. in there. I'll tell you this now. That one's real bad. It is. It's, it's, it's a real rough watch because what they end up doing is they bring back all of the characters from the first movie who died in the laser corridor and mm-hmm. Michelle Rodriguez uh, and say, ah, but they're clones, so it's fine. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it, got, it gets to the point where the films don't even know whether Alice, our lead character, is a clone or a human or not. So there are certain, <laughs> so there are certain films where, like, there's at one point she gets scanned by a scanner, and it recognizes clones as being clones, and then her being real. But mm-hmm. then later on in the movie, it's, uh, or in the next movie, it's like, oh yeah, you're a clone based on a like you're the basic model clone, and then they yeah. try like altering Isn't some of the stuff. Film where there are multiple clones of Alice fighting yes. together. Yeah, so that's um, I think that's th- four. <laughs> I think that's the beginning of four. Um, so the issue, the issue for me is that what ends up happening with the W.S. Anderson ones is they all confuse themselves a little bit mm. too much. They can't really understand or decide who their antagonist is going to be, and more importantly, what any of the motivation is going to be, because. Mm. In one film, it's described as, oh, well, we designed this to be sort of sold to the Russians and then sold to the Americans as like an arms race. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is just like, oh, yeah, we... <laughs> so my favourite my favorite thing, and number six, the the final chapter, <laughs> is a wild ride. Um, Ian Glenn comes back into the franchise after not being in it for about eight years. Yeah. So Ian Glenn plays... God, I can't even remember his name as a character. It doesn't. It literally doesn't matter. But he plays basically an evil scientist who, in the last film that we saw him in, was Wesker's subordinate and sort yeah. of being ordered around by Chairman Wesker. And then in Resident Evil Six, he is now like the King of Umbrella, and Wesker <laughs> is his subordinate. And it's like, okay, I don't really understand that. Not only that. He's a fundamentalist Christian in the number six. Yep. And his whole motivation for it is God did it with the plagues. Let's do the same thing. And it is absolutely like, it's a wild moment because I kind of looked at Paul and I was like, I didn't expect it to ever take that turn. In um, that one, does Wesker get killed in the last one by like a door or something? Yes. So. (laughs) <laughs> I seem to think so of this guy who's like this the, machine. 
Yes. So the AI system, the defense system, the Red Queen, who, by the way, is her backstory is changed <laughs> because in the first one she's based on well, in the first one she's just a presence and is sort of against she's trying to stop anything from getting out yeah. of the lab the second one it's revealed that um it's based on um what's his name uh jared harris plays ashford mm-hmm. and it's based on his daughter who he was trying to cure for some illness that she had and then in number six, it's just like, oh, no, it was based on the daughter of this other scientist who actually invented the T-virus, not Jared Harris. Yeah. And her programming forbids her to harm any member of staff of Umbrella. And then old Alice, oh, God, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> so <laughs> Mila Jovovich's character, Alice, yeah. is a clone based on the daughter of the original creator of the T-virus, whose daughter had a severe aging illness that made her look like she was, well, Mila Jovovich with a 70-year-old face mask on <laughs> when she was, like, in her 20s or something, and then she gets frozen in time or something. Oh, my God, this fucking movie sucks. Anyway, she's, she's like, the co-chairperson of Umbrella, and, and she goes, oh, you're, um... <laughs> So Wesker's standing underneath a door, basically. And and she goes, oh, uh, Red Queen, your programming forbids you to hurt any member of staff, doesn't it? That's right. Uh, Albert Wesker, you're fired. And then, <laughs> and then it goes, not employed. And then... <laughs> oh, my God. The, the I love talking that... about these films because they are stupid. So, so okay, the Paul... And I, I'm not going to, while he's not here, I'm not going to dig him into a ditch or anything and say anything <laughs> that I don't know to be true. But Paul is a big defender of these films. He we thinks must that, state that this is Paul, your brother, and not Paul, the director of these films. <laughs> I think both of them would be defenders of these films. Um, so, yes, Paul, who occasionally comes on the podcast, he is a big defender of these movies, and he describes them as being big, silly, fun. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree with them being big and silly. I do not think they're fun. <laughs> he he sort of compared them to he, he kind of speaks about them in the same way that he speaks about the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. In that they kind of evolve into a very different beast than they were in the first one, which mm-hmm. I agree with. I think they're much worse films than the Fast and Furious movies, and I've barely seen Fast and Furious. <laughs> so and I get that look, they share common ground in the what Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez, Rodriguez is in both. <laughs> But I think, because he said, oh, well, they get much more fun with sort of number four onwards. I thought number four was interminable. It's it's the one that's set in the prison. Yeah. And look, okay, this is this is basically where I settle on my opinion on Resident Evil as a franchise of uh, films. Every single one after number one, a number one I'll allow, and I think it looks like a proper movie. Every single one after that looks like, it's a movie that would premiere on the sci-fi channel. And I am astonished that it's still, like, all of them made enough money that... So much money. Yeah, I mean, the the interesting thing was that number five's box office was so bad that the budget for number four... Uh, sorry, number six mm-hmm. was, like, $3 million higher than the budget for number one. And it shows. <laughs> it is rough. So, the interesting... They thing reuse I- a shot. By the yeah. way, 
No, they do. They do. And they've do- I think that happens a couple of times throughout the season. What Resident Evil, the film seemed to me was, it was almost where they did the first one and went, oh yeah, what if we kind of made a Resident Evil film, played around with it a little bit. And after that they went, oh yeah, but what about zombies, but like in a different location? And somebody mm-hmm. just went, yeah, but put Resident Evil's name on it because that sells. Because none of the films see like there's there's a kind of through line, but none of them seem to be set in the same world as each other. No. When number six comes around, you look at the world and they're trying to save, and you just kind of go, "Who wants to live in this world anymore?" Yeah, they do. They reset a lot of it. So, I've got a I've got a few. I've been on Reddit, which is always an interesting <laughs> journey. Okay. Um, but there's a few plot points just from Resident Evil, the final chapter. So bear in mind, this is the film that's supposed to sort of tie up all the loose ends of the series and sort of be yeah. the, uh, the the final chapter, if you will. Um, now, I don't claim for the Resident Evil movie series to be the pinnacle of storytelling and film, but they could <laughs> at least not outright contradict the previous entries. So, number one, according to X, uh, X-Men Apocalypse, I was about to say, according to Resident Evil Apocalypse, the Red Queen was based on Angela Ashford, but in final chapter, they now say the Red Queen was based on Alicia Marcus. Mm-hmm. Similarly, in Apocalypse, Charles Ashford, Ashford is said to have developed the T-virus to cure his daughter, whilst in the final chapter, Dr. James Marcus is said to have developed <laughs> to cure his daughter. Number two, we're told that the Red Queen can't harm Umbrella employees, except she definitely kills more than a few in the first movie and in Retribution. (laughs) Number three, we're told that Alice is a clone, and the first day she woke up or was activated was at the start of the first movie. However, in the first movie, we see multiple flashbacks that took place way before the start of the movie. (laughs) Number four, a little bit more of a minor plot hole, but in Retribution, Wesker survives being shot in the head multiple times, being in a fiery crash and survives a massive explosion. Yeah, he's incapacitated by a door falling on his foot in the final chapter. <laughs> Strong door. And these are just, you know, those are the those are the first ones that I came across. Yeah. But I I got to the point with that sixth film where I just went, I get it. Like none of it matters. And actually mm-hmm. the most bizarre thing that was it, it's Dr. Isaacs, isn't it? Because it's um it's in tribute to um Jason Isaacs. So yeah. so uh, Ian Glenn's character, Dr. Isaacs is basically this this fundamentalist Christian, but then he's also a clone of the real Dr. Isaacs, or... Everyone is a clone. One of them's a clone. Oh, no, the new one's a clone. I don't know. Look, I've watched this movie this week, and I can't remember <laughs> what happened in it. Did you get to the point, though, that I got to, so especially when I went into, like, number six, where you kind of go, well, none of this makes sense and nothing really matters... So I might as well just go and see it as this. No, no, and I wish real... that I could. Yeah, I wish that I could. I think have that's where me that and Paul point. land, where we're just mm-hmm. kind of like, these mean nothing. They're absolute fluff. So let's just enjoy the man's that. I yeah, I I wish that I had got to the moment of like that tipping point of mm. oh, I enjoy this now for what it yeah. is. I never got to that point. I found every single one of them to be <laughs> uniformly unpleasant experiences to have mm-hmm. to sit through. And if I was to put them on my list of the year... <laughs> they'd all be at the bottom. Well, they'd be close. They wouldn't be quite there. But I can understand... And this is the thing. is I can understand what kind of audience it has. But I, yeah. what I cannot understand is why people saw them in cinemas. Because this is... <laughs> like, every single one of them looks horrible. I don't know. Me and... So, when me and Anthony went and watched the final one together... Mm-hmm. We just had a ball. It was mm-hmm. one of those few cinema experiences we have where we just kind of openly just 
chatted the whole way through. Yeah. And it was almost like nobody actually cared that was happening mm-hmm. uh, because we were just, me and, we, and him just had the best time. I do think maybe these films would be better enjoyed at night with a group of friends. Those are the kind yeah. of films, and I think that's what you're saying. And I think, for me, Resident Evil is one of those franchises as a whole, which is one of those franchises that I've always wanted to be a part of because I've never played the games, mm-hmm. but I understand their place in gaming history. I understand what they're for, and I really like the kind of aesthetic and vibe. But I'm not a horror guy, as you know, and especially mm-hmm. horror gaming like isn't really something that I do. But these films aren't really horror films. Mm. They're action films with zombies in them. So this was my accessible way into that franchise. Yeah. Um, you know, the series definitely has more horror aspects to it. and so That was it... what I was going to sort of circle back round to because it was something I thought of about half an hour ago and I meant to bring it up then, <laughs> but I kind of got sidetracked with what I was doing. But, so you've recently described... Um, Stranger Things as being my first horror type stuff, you know, the the yeah. horror in that is very sort of entry level in terms of its um, mm. portrayal and deployment. What's the horror like in Resident Evil as a series? I, it's manageable for me, like okay. which is always great. Um, it's it's probably around about the same. Cause the thing about Strange Things is, by the time we got to season four, which we just had, the horror is a bit more intense. Like there's a bit more kind of gore and stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Resident Evil series has those elements, like it has these moments that are quite brutal. Um, there is something that really bothered me about the series. Is it woke Wesker? Yeah, <laughs> Albert Wokesker. <laughs> um, no. So, transmission of the T virus is through but, blood, right? Well, it's never really been. It's through bite. Like bites do it. Yeah. And that's because, but basically, no, if you got the blood of somebody who, who is a zombie in your mouth, mm-hmm. would you potentially have the T virus? I think there's a higher chance than if you didn't have the blood in your mouth. Because there's one scene. I d- where... Hang on, wait, 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 wait. Do you see this person gulping down the blood and going, yum, yum, can I have some more, please? No, she goes to town on some zombies with a chainsaw. And the blood yeah. is kind of firing, and like it's a really cool aesthetic. It's a bit like um, Mandy, there that image okay. of Nicolas Cage covered in blood. Yeah, and like it's a really cool visual. Mm-hmm. But I'm there, and all I could think of was just you're covered in zombie blood, mm-hmm. and you are for like most of this series. And I'm there, like, surely that can't be good for you. Yeah, um, I, I look if <laughs> oh, I mean... also somebody creates Boomer Bile. No, from Left for Dead. Yeah, yeah, that gets created in this series, well, and it's great. If um, fucking Resident Evil, the final chapter is to be believed, the antivirus could have just been dropped on the floor outside, and eventually would have spread across the world <laughs> through wind, which fucking sucks. Um, so I look, I'm not going to speak to whether scientifically this yeah. person would be screwed. Basically, yeah, I, I, I my know. guess would be yeah. But then, what kind of series is that? But yeah, basically, the horror aspects, like I said, the stuff of the liquors is really interesting. And the problem with the series is this, is I think that it has some really neat ideas, mm-hmm. and it wants to do some really cool things, but its execution and its writing isn't great. 
Mm. And when I was watching it... So it feels like any other version of the Resident Evil. Yeah. Yeah, but the, I do think that like the idea of what they're going for is, is better. There's, there's something yeah. there, and it almost made me go like I was watching it, going, "God, I wish I was in this writing room," mm. because I think actually a couple more passes at this idea would have made think it. You've got something um, because it kind of works, but also it misses, and that's its problem. Um, but I do think it's one of the better. Resident Evil, obviously outside okay. of games, but yeah. one of the better Resident Evil properties. Okay, so if you had to rank the Resident Evil films and TV series, and bear in mind we haven't seen the animations, <laughs> shut okay. up about the animations. Uh, Welcome to Raccoon City, I think, is number one. Okay, good. Then probably Resident Evil 1. 2002, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then probably the TV series. Wow, okay. I mean... That isn't a high bar to clear. I'm going to tell you that now. <laughs> then the one where you see the camera shot from Wesker's glasses. Okay, number four. Then I think I will go for the final chapter. You got this all wrong. You, you're you a fucking crazy man. <laughs> then two. Okay. Then three. Mm-hmm. Then five. Five. Bio five. One. Five does Bones suck. are the worst. Mm-hmm. I think, look, there's not much more we're going to say in this episode. I can't remember because... what happens in number two. That's why that one's so low. Number two is where they actually nuke the city. Um, and Jill Valentine, no. Yes, Jill Valentine is there and she's got dark mm-hmm. hair, short dark hair. Um, it really, it makes you, so they introduce LJ, who's this sort of comic relief character. Um <laughs> But there is like a, I think, hang on, is there, there is a scene at a school in that one, I think, that's quite well done. Anyway. Oh, um, there's a reference in the series mm-hmm. that I think is a really weirdly placed reference. And it's one of, know how in the first game, there's all those terrible lines like, oh, you were almost a Jill sandwich. Yes. It's the line in the game where he turns around and he says something along the lines of, just call me the master of unlocking. Yeah. And somebody says that line in the series, and I'm like, oh, you've only said that because it's a line. Mm-hmm. And it's so horribly said that like, yeah. it's almost perfect. Okay. Well, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, look, we're not going to say anything more today. This episode was a good episode, and I don't care what anyone else thinks about it. I always thought that this was going to be the best episode, and I knew that it... I had faith in it. This episode evolved into, I try and remember the films that I've watched before. Look, ultimately, it's, the whole purpose of this exercise is to work out whether it is just better to have Resident Evil as its own thing as a game mm. series, and just leave it as that, because that's basically the only form in which it can be really enjoyed properly. Question. Hmm. As a final question. Resident Evil, the final question. Was it worth it? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I fucking hated every... Like, I was I was desperately, desperately willing myself to enjoy them more, but I found myself getting so annoyed yeah. about them that I was just like, I get that Paul likes these and says that they like, get more fun, but the one that he was like, this is when they start getting fun, I was like, this is the one where I start losing the will. Because it what, it really <laughs> so 
I, I, look, I'm just going to hark back to a couple of things that happened in number four, which is your fucking favorite of the sequels. They land a plane on a prison, mm. and like everything about it sucks. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then they're in the prison, and then they've got Wentworth Miller in the basement, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it's just like, oh well, thankfully there's this room full of guns that I didn't. You know, that no one allowed me to tell them about because no one's listened to me for the last 18 months or however long they've been here. And I just got to the point where it's just like, and then this Hollywood producer turns out to be like a, a lackey for Wesker right at the end. He yeah. sort of makes a heel turn from being a, I think like a Me Too kind of thing <laughs> to being like, um, yeah, and then that's the bit where you get the point of view from Wesker's glasses flying through the air, which is very funny. Um, they're shot in any... Yeah, uh, the, I, I actually think yeah. so. I've I've worked out why number five is worst in both of our lists. Yeah, it's the only one that doesn't have zombie dogs in it. <sighs> What's the point? Even the series has zombie dogs in it. Yeah, I can't fucking get away from the fact that it was just advertised with a face of a zombie dog, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I get it. It's a Resident <laughs> Evil thing, but number five is the only one that doesn't have it. So, so that's why it's the worst. Shall we? Wrap it up there. I probably twenty five minutes ago probably would have been <laughs> Thank fine you as well. Everyone for joining us. Feel free to tell us your opinions. It's okay tell to admit that we make mistakes sometimes. On Twitter at Dinosaur Fifteen, tell us the order of your best to worst Resident Evil films. And look, San Diego Comic Con wasn't going to end until later tonight slash tomorrow. Yeah. So we couldn't have done the whole thing. And that's what look. I thought about that. Don't worry. I thought about that all day today, thinking, <laughs> can we just rescue this episode? It's a good episode. You've listened hey, to the whole thing. We, we promised everyone last week this is going to be a Resident Evil episode. And it was. And we did it. And, and we spoke about Resident they Evil. They might have thought over the last week, I'm like, wow, they're going to do a Resident Evil episode. There's so many things <laughs> we want them to discuss. We haven't discussed shit. We spoke a little bit about some stuff that happens, mm-hmm. and that's all. The, we this this and episode look, is as closely nothing, linked to Resident Evil as yes, any exactly. It's, it's actually a perfect Resident Evil franchise because it doesn't have anything to do with Resident Evil. However, it has mm-hmm. made me decide to watch the series. Really? Oh, mainly wow. because Paul says he's going to, and I kind of have to. <laughs> Uh, but thank you for joining us please do follow us on twitter at dinosman15 it's where you can tell us your favourite Resident Evil films please subscribe to the podcast share it amongst your friends thank you to Johnny Knees as ever for the theme song he is the master of keyboarding this time it was Moonlight Sonata played by two people to reveal a clue Uh good we love that 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 happens in the series (laughs) it's like in the game where you find all these little clues um, I actually you, don't Alex. want to watch the series now. <laughs> thank you, Alex, for hosting. Thank you, Andy, for hosting. You hosting just like Las Plagas are hosted within Mexicans. Uh, Spanish, 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 Spanish. And until next time, uh, I guess like don't ever put like a burlap sack over your head and pick up a chainsaw. It's <laughs> never going to end well. Hey guys, if I put a burlap sack over my head, maybe it's time for an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Die, die, oh, die, 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 die,